We have one of our global partners that's joining us today. Uh, he was down we, together. He and I were at Franklin last week. Today, uh, Stefan Vile joins us. And by the way, last week at Franklin, I stood up and I, I said, Stefan Veal. And may I say this? Because that's what I've said for 15 years. <laughs> Until he grabs me and says, you know, it's vile. And I said, and I'm like, and you're just now telling me? Like, <laughs> really? All year? So, Stefan, come up here and join me. Let's welcome him this morning. So good. So, uh, we sat last week at the factory as before he, he spoke, taught at Franklin, and I, I marveled, and I, and I said to you then, it was so fun just to sit there and reflect in my mind, going back over 15 years, Stephen planting a church in Mittendren and us being able to partner with him to do that. And now over 15 years later, we're sitting in the factory and it's just a gift, honestly, to sit with a man and go, in God's gracious kindness, we're still talking, you and I are still getting to talk about how do we take the gospel to the world, to our neighbor next door? And how do we help people follow Jesus? And I don't take it for granted that God's given us these years, Stephen, and his grace has been upon you, upon us as a community of faith. We're so grateful you're here. Thank I'm going to pray for you, and then I'll let you speak. Father, what a gift to have Stefan and Nada, their family, as a part of our family over these years. In your great providence, you've put us together, and we're still, we still get to be about your work and the work of the kingdom that lasts forever. As a part of that work, I pray this morning you would speak to and through Stephen. And Holy Spirit, would you give us ears to hear? In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Good morning, fellowship family. We were planning to be here last year at the same time, but both of us, my wife and I, got sick with COVID, so we had to cancel this trip. This year, 50% of us made it. So my wife is at home sick again and I'm here I'm glad um, it feels like coming home um, being here I wanted to start our time together with a few questions for you to consider what message do you expect when one of your global partners uh, a missionary a passionate church planter um, European director of a missions organization um, preaches in your church service probably a sermon a about missions. What message do you expect to hear when a global partner preaches in a church service during the Advent time? Probably a sermon about Advent. What do you generally expect from yourself or other Christians who want to grow in faith? Obedience? Where do you see yourself in five years from now? How and where do you serve God? Sometimes questions like this can feel like uh, a sling slowly gets tighter and you might think he is here to recruit missionaries. <laughs> no, I'm here to share the good news um, with you. The good news, the gospel is not an agenda for us, but... Uh, it's the good news of God's agenda for us. Um, not just for our head, 
not just something to do for our to-do list, but for our hearts, which ideally um, triggers a grateful response. When I think of our German context, I realize that uh, um, a false definition of gospel has crept in and spread uh, during um, recent decades. In addition to secularization of our continent through societal change, I would call it a double immunization has taken place in which we as church have unfortunately actively participated. One thing is a watering down of the gospel has taken place due to an attitude of biblical criticism as a result of which the church has eroded its own credibility. Why should people concern them, them, uh, themselves with faith if the church gradually doubts and abandons belief that have been believed for centuries by all Christians in all places just because they are currently considered outdated or no longer communicable? Second, by reducing the gospel to its ethical or political uh, dimensions, the impression has been created that the Christian faith is all about being a good, helpful citizen who promotes the common good, but to be honest, um, you don't actually need faith for doing that. And if the gospel is used or sometimes even misused just as a motivational speech to appeal to our behavior, this completely misses its actual core. Don't misunderstand. I hope I'm not miscommunicating due to any language uh, barrier. God wants our behavior to become more and more like him, um, but the gospel is not just a message of discipline, not just a message of behavioral adjustment, and not just a message of self-improvement. The gospel is the good news that everything has already been done for us. It wants us uh, it wants to invite us and to take us with it. Imagine the first and only thing the disciples had heard from Jesus was go. Preach. Make disciples. Teach and baptize and know that I am with you. They probably would have scratched their heads and asked, what do you want from us, Jesus? We don't understand anything you're saying. But when Jesus tells them this at the end of their three years together, embedded in the Great Commission, they understand a little more because they have come to know the Jesus with whom they are now standing on the mountain in Galilee. They can better understand what he is saying from Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus sends people out who do not understand exactly and everything what the good news means, 
with the good news to people who understand even less. Jesus sends out former spiritually dead people to the spiritually dead out of love. This is the reason why Jesus died to give us new life. I worked in emergency services for almost 15 years and I can assure you that um, a dead person cannot resuscitate themselves. That's impossible. It needs an outside intervention. But I know from my dad, who was resuscitated himself, that he had a different relationship to his new life afterwards. He was way more patient. He was way more thankful. He was way more loving. The more we aware of the state from which God has freed us, the more our behavior will change out of gratitude. How does all this fit with Advent? About 30, uh, 34 years um, before this conversation took place on the mountain in Galilee, another conversation took place between God the Father and Jesus his Son. My beloved Son, I can wait no longer. I will now fulfill the promise I made to Abraham many centuries ago at the time when he was waiting for his son. Go, leave your homeland, your comfort zone. I will bless you with land and a large family. From your family, the Messiah shall come forth. And my people have been waiting for you, Jesus, ever since. And now you go and tell Tell them the good news. Show my people what, what I am like. Demonstrate to them what it means to be my child. After that, God said to his angels, go and tell. And the, angels go, the angel goes to Mary and Joseph and said, go to Bethlehem. Leave your comfort zone. Joseph would have loved to go too, but God stopped him. Running away doesn't count. And God again said to the angel, go and tell the shepherds to go. They too had to leave their comfort zone. And then God said to the stars, go and tell the, the, the wise men. And the wise men understood and left their comfort zone and set off, waiting, going, and telling, proclaiming our integral parts of God's Christmas story, God's salvation story. And so after a long period of waiting, Jesus is born in this ancient Advent season, this time of arrival. And God has involved people from different cultures, different walks of life, and all ages in this, in his rescue mission. God becomes flesh in the form of a baby that sounded just inappropriate and unbelievable um, back then as it does today. But that's what our world needs to hear because God doesn't always give us what we wish for, but exactly what we need. And now I'm here, out of my comfort zone, 
insecure, anxious, constrained by my knowledge of a foreign language, but motivated by the gospel that frees from pressure to perform, to tell you the gospel. The good news is we don't need to be afraid to of go and tell. God convicted me two weeks ago through the Holy Spirit. I was sitting in my comfortable chair in my heated office um, in our church building talking enthusiastically um, with my colleagues about missions and Europe and a big vision and a lot of responsibilities and strategy and all over Europe. While at the same time, at least 200 people, mostly Muslims, refugees, were learning German in the language school in our church building, who, to be honest, I had been completely indifferent to until then. I hadn't perceived them as people God had sent to us. I was far too busy with organizing church, making church happen, uh, doing church, and thinking in the church about the kingdom of God and missions. Isn't that ironic? Maybe you are excited or excitedly telling someone about the generosity of your church um, for missions, while at the same time, close the door of your house because your new neighbors, Muslims, are annoying you with their loudness or smell. What if go and tell doesn't mean going to Africa or Europe as missionaries, but to your neighbors to cook out with them and listen to their perhaps boring medical history. <laughs> What if go and tell means to rethink and reformulate the Christian answers we have always given out of, out of love for people who don't understand the answers we have always given? What if go and tell is not a 10 steps program but a lifelong training What if go and tell means that we stop complaining about the bad times and the secular development in our countries and instead see them as opportunities and possibilities given by God? These are current questions we are asking ourselves in Germany because we have to ask them. The time when people came to church in the land of the Reformation is definitely over. But the Great Commission has never been let them come, but go and tell. We can't be a disciple of Jesus if we don't meet with unbelievers, sinners, and tax collectors to eat with them like Jesus did. I've known many churches who prayed and donated and clapped for missions while staying away from non-Christians there in their neighborhood so as not to be conformed to the world. Honestly, I've had many good conversations, some of the best conversations about the gospel, not in the church building, but in the gym. Not in Germany's Bible Belt, 
but in one of the most atheistic parts of the world in East Germany. If you ask me what go and tell looks like in Germany and what you can perhaps learn from it, we try to keep our church pro program as slim, as lean as possible. What does it really need to be a church? What does it really take to be a church? We don't want people to be in the church building every day, surrounded by other Christians, and then think that's discipleship. Instead, we want them to invest as much time as possible in their relationships with their not yet believing friends. Discipleship and spiritual growth happens outside the church building. Isn't that interesting? This is just the training center and the mission center and training without application, training without practicing it. It's worthless. C.S. Lewis, the British author of the Chronicles of Narnia, was able, at least in part, to write his brilliant books, which became known far beyond the Christian context because he had a circle of friends, the Inklings, which included a devout Catholic, an anthroposophist, an esotericist, and a woman with an illegit illegitimate child. Incidentally, he was not part of a small group or Bible study group, C.S. Lewis. Jesus did not say, build a church and then wait until people come to you. But that's what we did in Germany for centuries. And I promise you, we have nice church buildings. Unfortunately, empty. Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come and then go. Some time ago, someone said to me, yeah, Stefan, I'm always talking about going, but the church is a filling station for me. And I said, yes, you're right, but how often do you go to a gas station? And why? And how long do you stay there? Would you like to stay overnight or even live there? We fill up to get going. Go and tell takes place in the gym, not the one at the Baptist church next door, but in the city center. Go and tell takes place in the coffee shop, not in the coffee shop of the church, but in the city center. Go and tell takes place at school and not necessarily in the private Christian, Christian school. It happens in the supermarket and, and in the traffic. On August 29th, the son of my colleague and very good friend was run over by a truck on his bike on the way home from school and died. The pain is almost unbearable. And the last book, Merlin was his name, read before he died was 10 questions every teen should ask and answer about Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. I highly recommend this book. What does go and tell mean in a situation like this? Last week, the day before I left, um, the family visited its class 
uh, his class at a normal state school the day before Merlin would actually turn 16 and gave this book to all the students and teacher, encouraging them to especially focus on the chapter on death and suffering. This is what go and tell can look like amid suffering in a secular German urban environment. Not all of us need to plant churches or go on missions abroad. Maybe some of you. But to be honest, there are enough poor and frustrated and needy church planters out there. <laughs> Make lots of money to enable church planting. And while doing that, live in your job, in your family, in your neighborhood, a missional life as a missionary. If you ask me what we should have done differently in Germany, three things. One, seeing the value of our buildings more as a training center, additional to using them as community building and learning center, training center. Second, design worship services, and that's what we try to, to do in, in former East Germany, design worship services and church life in such a way that both skeptics and Christians at the, are addressed at the same time and understand what it's all about. The gospel has the power to save and to transform at the same time. Third, train people to love your neighbors and to communicate the gospel in an appropriate way. Spend time with friends, with neighbors, intentionally. Listen to them. Learn from them. Interact with them. That's not difficult and that's not dangerous. We are not selling a product. We want people to get a real relationship with a person, Jesus. It's not about church. It's not about religion. It's about the person, Jesus. I cannot answer what go and tell looks like for you specifically, but it might be different than you thought until just now. We are not talking about a behavior that you're supposed to do to be a good Christian. It's an invitation to participate in his work here on earth. And because we've been resuscitated back to life, our gratitude leads us to do the same for others. The Great Commission doesn't just apply when no one else comes, like in Germany, we are forced. It applies now for us, for you here. Because Abraham, the angels, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the wise man, Jesus, and the disciples, they did not wait, but went out. And this is the reason why we are sitting here today. It takes trust to accept Jesus' invitation, follow me. And if you have not yet accepted this invitation, today could be your day.
And it takes trust to and courage to then go and tell. Following Jesus and his invitation, go and tell, is not a, a news that keeps tightening, but it's an invitation. Invitation to a freedom that only his gospel can give us. Go and tell. Right where you are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that out of your love and grace and mercy you incarnated in this world. Jesus, you didn't ignore the lostness and the brokenness of this world. You fulfilled the promise that God gave to Abraham and Moses and David and you became flesh became weak and, the, and this is the reason why you can use our weakness and to send us to go and tell Lord open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to listen to our context here in Tennessee, in Germany, in Europe, and help us to follow you, to trust you, and to, and, and to take the role that you, ha you have for us in our specific place, in our family, in our neighborhood, with our co-workers. Lord, may the gospel change a lot of hearts during that Advent season, during next year, here and all over the world, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I do have a, I just want a, a couple of, of questions. I'd love for Stefan to interact or Stefan speak to us on, and I think about those years that we've known each other, where you began and where we are today. Tell us a little bit about how the, the German context has changed. I mean, we see, we see, wouldn't you say in the last 15 years, our context in many ways has changed in the United States. How's it changed in Germany over those years? I, I would say things since decades going in the same direction, downsize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really, we are more and more a liberal country, post-Christian, post-communism, um, someone call it post-atheistic because atheism is almost normal. So, um, especially in former East Germany, and that, what is it, flood over to West Germany, flat yeah. fleet, flood, I don't flooded. know. Flooded. Um, flooded over. Flooded um, over. So instead of being the bigger crowd from West Germany helping people to understand the gospel it was the opposite direction. Wow. Um, that's very interesting. And the, yeah. the number of, of um, Christians is getting lower and lower. Um, so it's, it's really, it's, it's, I mean, on, on the one hand side, it's very easy because you exactly know in or out yep. and how to, how to deal with that. Um, but at the, on the other hand, it's, it's hard to talk to people because they are, they, I mean, a lot of people say, are you talking about the good news? What's the bad news? Mm -hmm. They're 
they, there's no longing or because there is a longing but they don't know that it's, they are longing for God. So it's not, it's not obvious that um, there is this need because, I mean, we have almost everything. We have BMW, Mercedes, iPhones, all that. Yeah. And spiritual need is not visible. Yeah. Did that sound familiar at all to any of us? When he said that, it struck me about you know, former East Germany, decades, 50 years of communism, huge West German democracy, Christian. And when the wall fell down, who flooded who? What flooded? What philosophy? You see what I'm saying? He said that this, the, 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 those who, you know, athe the, the atheism, the communism, whatever, it, that flooded this way more than the gospel going the other just fascinating. Stefan keeps something in his pocket. I'm going to have him take it out and show it to you. It's a tiny Lego hammer. And, and he had this years ago, but I think it's so appropriate within that context of why you keep it. I mean, that how it feels ministry in Europe. Working with this plastic hammer on the... What is the... Stones and, stones uh, and, rock, and yeah, yes. rocks, yeah. So you, you, most of the time, you cannot even see dust going off somewhere. So we we have to find a yes to working without maybe seeing no results, and with knowing that, being faithful. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. And this is the reminders. I have that always with me when I'm getting frustrated. I'm just like, okay, that's what God called us to do. Um, let's do it. I had asked him a question at, at Franklin. I didn't know he had that, and he pulled that out, and I went, oh, my gosh, I remember that. What a beautiful... And, and in one sense, you go, that's so... It's, like, so sad. Is that how it is? But don't, don't see it as sad or any way. See it as God uses the foolish things to accomplish his purposes, right? He doesn't need a caterpillar sledgehammer. You know, he uses even foolish, weak people which, last question, in light of that type of labor, what, why do you keep going? Why are we standing here today and you're still dreaming about the gospel in your country? I know someone named Jonah. Hmm. <laughs> it didn't work out well not um, fulfilling his calling. Yeah. So... I don't, I don't even want to think about the alternative. So yeah. that's, what, that's where God called us to be. That's what God called us to do. Um, starting church plants um, all over Europe now. Um, and it's very different between the Nordics, very liberal, and then Portugal, Spain, France, very, very Catholic influence. So we need to do a hard work of contextualization what does fit in, in, in the context. And I love what, what I'm allowed to do. Good. I don't want to do anything else. Good. So We're that's... glad. You're going to keep going. I love that. Joe, is, is, is that okay if I grab this one? Oh, Joe, you're bringing one. Okay. I mean, he... I mean, to me, I could just use this one, but Joe says I've got to use this one. And so, you know, we always do what Joe says to do. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, um, Tim, come on up here.
Tim Van Hall, you know, I, when, when Mario, I'll let you hold this because I'm going to ask you to pray. Uh, stand beside Stefan. When, when, when Mario and Gabrielle were here, we talked about why, why they were even here. And it was, you know, Sandy, Warren and Sandy Butters years ago um, connected us there. There's the same story with Germany with uh, the Thomases um, connecting us years ago. And they, they've left here. But uh, Van Hall's here, uh, Mary Ruth and, and Tim, they're the, they're the country champion is what we call it. So they keep us connected. They're, they're the reason we continue to stay connected. And I said it before, I'm going to say it again. It's not because Rob or Lloyd or pastor said, we're going to do this and here's what we're going to No, it's because the body is functioning. And within the body, God has raised up the Van Halls in these years now to keep us connected uh, with Stefan. And so, Tim, I'm going to have you uh, pray over him. You know his needs intimately. Uh, and, and by the way, this is so fun. I, I didn't know this about them, but you know, he's got Dutch in him and, and they speak German at home. I had no idea they do this. So, so, so the kids are speaking German. I said, really? He said, oh yeah, because they live there. And so this morning I'm standing over here and I watch his kids run in here and the kids are talking to Stefan in German, like these American kids talking in German to Stefan. Your heart for him is huge and for that country. And so lead us in praying God's favor upon the work there. And you know it intimately. So I'll stand with you. Put a hand upon him. Praying. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you, first of all, that you've been able to allow us to have Stefan with us today. Mm-hmm. And that you blessed him and, and brought him here and, and, and allowed us to have an opportunity to hear from him and hear his heart into. To, to learn from his words and his experience. Yes. Lord, I, I want to sp- pray specifically first for Stefan and Nada, Nada not able to be here today mm-hmm. with health, bothering her and health issues. Lord, that's a challenge and an ongoing one. I ask that you would come. You, you know what you're doing. You, you, you bring us challenges. You bring us, you know our bodies, you created them. I ask that you'd bring healing to Nada, um, if it be your will. And, and if not, that you would give Nada and Stefan the strength to continue. Yeah going on in the mission, the calling. I also ask, there's, you know, it, it's been a rough six months for Stefan personally, um, whether it's the, the death of his best friend's son, it's, it's issues with the kids, it's not his health. Lord, I ask that you would just come, you would be in the situation that you would envelop him. Um, he, he continues to go and continues to push and has had health issues of himself. I ask that you would be upon him and be with him and that you would bless him and protect his health and protect his family. Lord, they're yours just as, even more so than they are his. Lord, I ask for the mission of what is Germany. There's been transition for him, whether it was from Mittendorin now to Hamburg. Now it's, it's starting a new role starting January 1st. Lord, you have given him gifts and a calling. We've seen that here this morning, and we thank you for those. We ask that you would continue to use him and bless him, even when it feels like he's hammering with a Playmobil plastic hammer. Um, I ask that you would continue to instill on him and give him the strength to be faithful to that calling, convinced to the calling, and continue to pursue it with everything he has. Yes. Uh, I thank you that we can learn from that, and I ask that you would be with each one of us, that we would take that calling that you have for us, that we would process it in our homes today and, and through mm-hmm. this coming weeks and months as we think and go through Advent, that we would be seeing, first of all, seeking to become disciples of you, learners and students of the word, but then we would go and try to find others and help them become the same. I'll lift this all up to you in Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Tim, stay right here. Stefan's going to pray for us. Let's stand together. I'll let Stefan pray a blessing over us uh, in German. Stefan, we're in this season of Global Christmas. Pray that God would pour out his blessing in us and through us. Uh, and that we would, we, we, would, we would, to your prayer, we would take heed to your words to us today. That we might go and tell right where we live. Himmlischer Vater, vielen Dank für diesen Morgen, für die Möglichkeit, in dein Wort zu gucken, dein Herz besser kennenzulernen. Danke für deine Leidenschaft, für deine Liebe, für deine Gnade, für diese Welt. Danke für Global Partner, ähm, danke für Fellowship und für das, was sie tun und getan haben. Danke, dass du noch nicht fertig bist mit deinem Werk und mit deinem Wirken. Und so bete ich, dass du jedem von uns jetzt zeigst, zu wem sendest du uns? Zu wem sollen wir reden oder mit wem leben? Himmlischer Vater, gebrauche uns zu deiner Ehre. Und ich bete um deinen Segen für die, für die Partner weltweit, die jetzt gerade dir dienen. Und ich bete um deinen Segen für diese Kirchenfamilie hier. Herr, segne uns und behüte uns. Lass dein Angesicht leuchten über uns und sei uns gnädig. Herr, erhebe dein Angesicht auf uns und gib uns deinen Frieden. Amen. 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 This evening, uh, Stefan will be leading a class sharing the gospel in a post-truth culture. Some of the questions I asked him, you, you could ask him face-to-face -to -face tonight, but he'll be addressing some of that context and, and how it relates to us. So it's at six. It's the Brentwood campus, of course, here in the, in, in the barn over here. I want to invite you to come up and visit with Stefan, if you would. He'll be down front. We also have people that are on each side that will pray with you if you want to come down uh, and pray. Uh, I, I've been meaning to say this, by the way, because it struck me, and, and maybe this is our application, that if you are going to live at a gas station, I would choose Costco as the, as the one. So, so just consider, consider that. We, uh, yes. What, $1.50 for a hot dog and a coat? Um, we, I know, I know. We, we do live. Stefan, what a great word to, to await our Savior. But in our waiting, even in our waiting, you all, we go and we tell. Amen and God bless.